You know, when we were all growing up in kindergarten, there were certain words we heard and we, we learned to use. We learned to say, please. We learned to say, I'm sorry. We learned to say, may I? And another, the other two words we learned to say were the words, thank you. When somebody does something for them, for you, you say thank you. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for being there, which we all get when times are good. Saying thank you when times are tough, that's a whole nother ball game. Today, as we wrap up this series that we began last year in the book of Acts, we began it in a series called Birth of a Movement, and we watched this early church begin to form. We watched this early church begin to grow. We watched this early church get persecuted. We watched the persecutor of the early church while the gospel was spreading. We watched him meet Jesus on the road to Damascus, and then we began to follow his journeys, his name was Paul. And we watched Paul travel all over that region, hundreds and hundreds of miles, ultimately thousands and thousands. They estimated Paul during his journey traveled over 2,000 miles during that time. That was before frequent flyer status, all right? And so Paul was a Paul was a frequent traveler and made a difference and he made a mark. We wrap up this series today in the book of Acts with how in the world do you say thank you while you're in the middle or coming out of a storm? So if you got your Bibles turned, turn to the Acts chapter 28 is where we're going to be. Acts chapter 28. If you got the little app on, uh, on your phone, that's the easiest way to follow along. Go to North Star Church, Georgia in the app store, download it. It's super easy. Everything you want's on there, all the notes, or you got the sheet on the way in. Paul understood thankfulness. It's a crazy deal. Paul understood, in spite of everything, a thankful heart is good medicine. Changes your perspective. It changes your outlook. How many of you love Thanksgiving. Raise your hand if you love Thanksgiving. I think if I were to go around and ask you why, I think we would all have around the same answer other than we like turkey or we like to wear our stretchy pants or whatever it is. But we love Thanksgiving because everything slows down. People are nicer. People are kinder. It's what thankfulness does. Paul said this in the book of 1 Thessalonians. He said, be happy in your faith. Rejoice and be glad-hearted continually. Be unceasing in prayer, praying perseveringly. Thank God in everything, no matter the circumstances, what they may be. Be thankful and give thanks, for this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus. This is the guy that's been shipwrecked. This is the guy that's been bitten by a snake. This is the guy the guys didn't listen to on the boat. This is the guy that every town he went in, he got ran out of. This is the guy that persecuted people. This is the guy that was persecuted. This was the guy that lived every reason not to be thankful, yet he was. And he left us some lessons today that are life-changing. Would you stand with me today in honor of reading God's word together, Acts chapter 28. The writer of Acts, Luke, who wrote this, wraps up this journey. Paul is in Rome awaiting trial, which we never see all this come together Acts is sort of interesting because it just sort of gets left. 
like the movement continues. This is yet to be determined how far the church goes. But as Luke pulls it together, Paul is in Rome wanting to see Caesar, and he says this in Acts 28, verse 28. So I want you to know that this salvation from God has also been offered to the Gentiles, and they will accept it. For the next two years, Paul lived in Rome at his own expense. He welcomed all who visited him, boldly proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching them about our Lord. What are the next two words there? His Lord. What's his name? They didn't know about Jesus Christ. They had their many gods they worshiped. They had all their idolatry they'd set up. And Paul gets sent there as a prisoner, but yet on his own expense, spends two years boldly proclaiming about his Lord Jesus Christ, and nobody even tried to stop him. So whether we was guilty or innocent, we don't know if a charge was ever rendered, but what we do know, we do know they just let Paul be. And Paul made his mark because Paul had a thankful heart. Right where you're standing this morning, would you go ahead and close your eyes, compass, true north, watching online. And would you ask the Lord today, God, give me what Paul had. Would you ask him for that? Would you tell God today, right where you're standing, what you need him to do for you? God, you hear our prayers and you hear our hearts. Meet us. Meet us here today. That is my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you're seated, turn around and welcome somebody around you, would you? Let them know how glad you are they're here. If I have never met you before, my name is Mike, and I'm really glad you're here. Holiday weekend, and you would never know it, man. What a great, great crowd to look out and see this morning. So glad you're here. I promise you, when you leave these doors today, whatever building you're in, wherever you're tuning in from, when you leave here today, today will be a day you never forget. I promise you that. You will be so thankful you were here, and it won't have anything to do with me. You're like, wow, that's a cocky statement. But anyways, it won't have anything to do with me, I promise you. How did Paul learn to be thankful? He had three things. Ready? There were three things that I think we learned out of Acts 28 that drove this. Number one, he was thankful for God's grace. Paul knew where he started from. Paul knew he could have emptied God's vat of grace. There was a lot of Paul that had to be redeemed. There was a lot of Paul that had to be saved. There was a lot of Paul that had to change. So I want you to know the salvation from God's been offered to the Gentiles and they will accept it. Paul understood the salvation was from nobody else but the Lord, and he couldn't earn it. He couldn't work for it. He wrote to the Romans, and he said, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul knew how bad he needed grace. Let me tell you something. Paul needed it, and we need it. 
Grace, ladies and gentlemen, is a gift. Grace is a gift. You don't earn it. You don't work for it. You can't measure up to it. You can't perform for it. Grace is a gift. Why don't you think about grace in Paul's life? When we found Paul in this story, his name was Saul, he was persecuting believers. We know for a fact on the day Stephen was stoned to death, Paul was there giving approval unto his death. The cloaks of those that wanted to free up their arms to make the throw with the rocks, with the stones, they laid their cloaks down at Paul's feet. Paul gave approval for their death. I, I saw a guy write this week. You want to know what grace is? Grace is Paul was welcomed to heaven when he got there by the applause of the people that he had killed while he was here. That's grace. Paul never got over that grace. How many of y'all ever look in the mirror and go, why would God ever want somebody like me? Raise your hand. That's grace. He chooses you. He wants you. You stay thankful when you never get over. You did nothing to earn what he gave you. Number two, God's provision. God's provision. For the next two years, Paul lived in Rome at his own, what's it say next? When Paul ended up in Rome, Paul didn't bring his Wells Fargo card. I mean, he didn't have a debit card from all his savings. Paul was shipwrecked. They were out of food. And God provided for Paul. You ever reach one of those points in life if God didn't show up? You're in big trouble. That's God's provision. You just make it. Paul never got over. God always showed up just at the right time, and he provided. I mean, I look at our church. 2013, we were $7 million in debt. $7 million. A lot of money. God led us to do a campaign called Bold. You guys went, I'm all about that. We paid off that debt, 2018. That's God's provision. And now we have a lot of money that we get to bless other people with because God provided. You stay thankful. Everybody get this. When you understand everything you have, the Lord has provided for you. It's all his. He's loaning it to you. For a season and a time, but it's God's provision. Paul stayed thankful because he understood God's provision. And number three is God's purpose. Paul knew his purpose. He knew his purpose. His purpose was to preach to the Gentiles. That's why Paul wouldn't quit. That's why Paul persevered. He had a purpose. Two greatest days of a person's life is the day they're born and the day they figure out why they're born. When you find your purpose, it'll change your life. 
I used a little quote with a business group I met with the other day. I did a, a luncheon for them. And the, and the quote was this from a good friend of mine, Michael Schlatt, is a minor league baseball manager. And, and the quote is this, when you know your why, you'll always find your way. Paul knew his why. His why was to preach to the Gentiles. And Paul couldn't be stopped. He was a locomotive. It didn't matter what you threw in his way. It didn't matter what came his way. It didn't matter what obstacle Paul was going through it or he was going over it. He was going to go around it. But Paul was not going to be deterred. And Paul stayed thankful because Paul knew God gave me another day to live my life and I am going to be my best. This all sounds awesome. We all go, amen, till junk comes our way. And then we go, how am I going to apply this? How am I going to do this? Today, I've got two people I'm going to introduce you to. They are two people that sit out with you here every week, here at North Star at 9.30 or 11. They are two people that have gotten their crash course in how to get through what you're going through. I promise you, today will be a day you will never forget. They are heroes of mine, and they will be heroes of yours. So I want you all to welcome to the stage today two good friends of mine, Lauren Cruz and Beverly Rhodes. Would you all welcome them up today? Thank y'all for getting out early this morning and coming in. So proud of y'all. Last year, you both found out what a storm looked like. And everything we've talked about became very, very real in your journeys. Beverly, this time last year, your life was changing rapidly. Share with everybody a little bit about what you were going through. Um, so my name is Beverly Rhodes. Um, I am a mother of two who are now 19 and 21. And my husband, Matt, and I would have been married 25 years this year. Mike Lynch married us 25 years ago. And in, my husband had just celebrated his 50th birthday. And then in August of 2021 was suddenly taken um, because of COVID. So I found myself just in a moment, a season I never, ever thought I would be in. Um, so it was truly traumatic uh, to be taken that quickly. Matt and Beverly were two of the very first people I met when I moved to Kennesaw in 1991. Y'all were going off to college or had just started college, I think. We were in, yeah, we were in college. You were in college and um, amazing family. Lauren, you also found yourself in a storm last year you didn't see coming. Share with everybody a little bit about your storm last year. Um, yeah, so my name is Lauren Cruz, and um, I have three amazing children, uh, Palmer, Holden, and baby Grace. And in September of 2021, we very unexpectedly, um, I lost my husband um, 14 months ago. Uh, my daughter was six at the time, my son was three, and I was six months pregnant with our baby. And um, we went from 
one day it was normal life and a knock on the door and our world was flipped upside down. And um, we walked into a season that, um, like Beverly said, we just never saw coming. You both, we just sang the song, Goodness of God. That song has significance to you. Share with everybody a little bit about the significance of that song to you. Yes, so um, when we were choosing the songs to play at my husband's service, that was the first song that spoke to me. Um, You know, the words in the song that you've been a father, you've been a friend, um, you've held me through the darkest of nights. um, And at the end of it, just saying, and I have lived for the goodness of God, um, knowing that for my husband who had accepted Christ into his life, that at the end of everything, he had experienced the goodness of God. Um, and for me and my pain and in my journey to, in the deepest of sufferings, be able to still look and find and truly see the goodness of God. Um, that's nothing but the grace of God. Um, and that song, uh, I always joke and say, my husband speaks to me through that song because it will come on and the most, you know, needed times. And, um, Mike didn't know that story before this morning. And when I came in and we, you know, were hearing what was being played today and I saw the goodness of God, I said, well, there's Mikey saying, get up there, babe. We We don't plan that well. I wish I would (laughs) have. I should. That's my job, but I, I really didn't. So I was watching you two worship. In fact, I stepped over to the side during gratitude. How in the world, Beverly, can you say God is still good and you can still be thankful and sit in the chair you're sitting in? What what would you say? I think when you get to the end of yourself and when you've walked through what Lauren and I have walked through, um, you've lost, really, you've lost everything. I mean, in those early days, it was so hard. And I knew that the only thing I had was God. And I cling to that. There's a verse, you know, well, and the Bible talks about widows a lot, but it talks about being, God is a father to the fatherless. And I just clung to that for my children. And he's a protector of widows. And so I just know that I know he is what I have. He is what I have to look for look to. He's my provider. He's my comforter. Um, So that's where my strength comes from. I don't have, that song talks about, there's nothing else. I have nothing else to give. I have nothing else to give except for my faith. And that's what I cling to every day. As you guys have walked through this season, what's something you both had a faith? So tell us a little bit about your faith journey. You grew up in church, got saved when you were younger and you, yours was a little different. Tell us a little bit about your faith stories before pre-last year. So I would say, yes, I grew up in a Christian home. So thankful that my parents instilled those values in me, became a Christian very early. My life was good. It was charmed and blessed. And Matt and I met at church at Kennesaw First Baptist and, you know, walked the walk, talk the talk, got married, and did all the right things. And I've said this before, I just, when this happened to me, I really thought, God, I did all the right things. Why? Why? And then I have to look and go, well, but why not me? You know? And, you know, we've talked about, I feel like I've, I was chosen for this, not that I wanted to be chosen for this, but um, I was chosen. And then I, in the midst of this year, I've really just gotten to the point of it doesn't matter how good you are. It matters how good God is. Mm. So the goodness story just kind of lives out here. 
but really my journey, while I've been a Christian most of my life, I will just say the past years just brought me so much closer because I have to lean on him. Mm. What about yours, Lauren? Yeah, so, um, I mean, I was sitting here thinking, and, and I grew up in, in a faith-based home, and, um, you know, we prayed. Um, my experience wasn't as ingrained into the Bible and the Word of God as it came to be when I came to North Star. Um, my husband and I found North Star uh, about five years ago, and we were, you know, young and having babies and just desired something to really, a community to pour into our kids. And, um, you know, Mike and I were talking about this earlier, over the last few years, um, God had placed this cry on my heart, this prayer on my heart, and it was very intense, and it was this prayer that was, um, you know, asking for my life to be used for his glory and his goodness, and um, the day after my husband passed, Mike was sitting on my couch, and um, I looked at him, and I'm like, this is what I, this is not what I meant. You know, I've been praying for God to use my life for his glory. I didn't mean to take my husband and my children's father, and um, Mike looked at me, and he said, God did not take your husband because you prayed that prayer, but God prepared your heart because he knew this day was coming, and he knew that your heart needed to be prepared, and, and so my faith journey leading up to that, had I not had, you know, the faith that, you know, came in these rooms and the word of God and relying on that, I don't know how anybody gets through anything without faith. Um, but getting in the middle of that storm, and I think when everything worldly is stripped away that can give you um, distraction from your pain, because when you have immense loss or when you're in that storm, nothing touches that. Nothing's going to numb that except for Jesus. Mm. And so I think that when all of that is stripped away and you have nothing but God, he is the only one that can give you peace and that can give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. Um, that's immeasurable. And Mikey, y'all were opening a business. Yes. You guys were in the midst of opening that business. How overwhelmed was that feeling of, not only have I walked through this incredible loss, but I'm pregnant. I have two little ones, and now I have a business that was his dream business. How did you, how did you get through that overwhelmed feeling that you were uh, going through? The grace of God. And mm. I mean, yeah, and after, you know, I lost my husband in September, immediately was thrust into my business, but his business, and um, two small kids, and then I delivered my daughter in January, and she was born with health complications and on oxygen, and I mean, I look back on that time and just think, how God, you know, and um, it's very easy and it's, it's a wonderful sentiment. People will come and say, gosh, you're so strong. And, um, and the first thing I say is it is the grace of God. It is not me. It is Christ in me. Mm. <laughs> that is the only way um, that I've been able to walk through. And in those times, there was um, fall on your knees moments where, um, I mean, I was very open with Mike about my struggles and my grappling and my wrestling with my faith. Um, foundationally, I think I always knew and believed God is good, but there were nights and there were moments that I didn't feel it. <laughs> and I struggled with that. And, um, and Mike would say, you lock eyes with him every day. You, you look, you make the conscious decision to walk towards Jesus every day, um, even when you don't feel it. And, um, I mean, that's the grace of God that all we have to do is posture our heart and turn towards him. And he does do the rest. Beverly, you guys met. Y'all did not know each other. Um, Beverly had strayed from the Lord. They weren't at North Star, but we're going to forgive you for that. That's a whole different ballgame there. But anyways. I found my way home. You found your way home. That's right. I kept, kept leaving stuff in her mailbox. Um, you guys met 
why was that meeting such a God thing for both of your journeys? I'd love to hear that from your perspective, Beverly. So last year at Surviving the Holidays, um, I came and Mike said, you have to meet Lauren. You have to meet Lauren. Um, Y'all are walking the same path. And I don't mean just walking the same path as widows because she and I have connected with a lot of widows. But in the same path that I I have my own business, I took over my husband's business. She has her own business, took over her husband's business. And we just found a fast friendship. And it's a friendship that no one can understand unless you've been there, unless you have walked the walk we've, we've been through. And it, I just truly know that it's of God. And we pray together. And, I mean, it's just something to find the community of people who understand you is so instrumental. If, you've, if, you're, if you're here and you're... You're walking this, um, whatever it is, find the people who understand you. Because Lauren and I, we understand each other, and I know that that's from God. What did it mean to you, Lauren, that you guys found each other? I mean, I can't imagine having gone through the last year without Beverly's friendship. Um, and, and like she said, I mean, there's in any season that you're walking through, you have to have your people and you have to have your community. And um, I am incredibly blessed with my husband's parents, my parents, friends, neighbors that just pour into my children and I. Um, but there's something about locking eyes with another soul, another person who gets it. Um, because as well-intentioned, as much as you have, you're surrounded by love from other people, you've got to have those people who actually know the walk that you're walking. Mm. I've never done this, but I'm going to. If you're here today and you've lost a child, you've lost, the order got reversed. You've lost a child You've walked that road. Would you mind standing in our room today if you've gone through that? I want everybody to look around. Look at, look at these eyeballs. They get it. We say all the time, you're not alone. You're not alone. Would you let these folks know how proud you are of them today? You guys can be seated. If you're here today and you are like these two, you've lost a spouse. You didn't see it coming. Never dreamed you'd sit in a room by yourself. Would you stand in our room today? It's a crazy deal, isn't it? Those things of life we don't sign up for. But God puts us in. And so many of you, we've had these conversations. You just kept putting one foot in front of the other foot. And I'm really, really proud of each of you for being here today. Would y'all let these folks know how proud you are of them? That's going to be seated. Beverly, you said something when we were doing our run-through earlier. They've been going crazy because I won't give them the questions. I don't give them to them, and it's making them very angry. They're getting very angry at me because I wouldn't give them questions. You said something. You said, I'm not going to waste this. 
don't know if you meant to say it, but it grabbed me. What does that mean to you? I'm not going to waste this. I think, well, I know. I know I was chosen. I know this is not my plan B. God knows this was my life. This was what was planned for me. I would never, ever have chosen this for me. But I don't want to waste what God has in store for me. Um, we talk about the goodness, and I am drawn to, I have a friend who prays for me, and well, I have several friends that pray and send texts daily, which is such a blessing to me. Like, you just get texts out of the blue with prayers, but um, there is goodness in the land of the living, mm. is what I, I, I just resonate with that, so when we talk about goodness, but there's goodness in the land of the living, because honest to goodness, there were dark, dark days where I thought, why? Why, why didn't, why, why was Matt chosen to get to go to heaven? I want to go. Um, but I don't want to waste the fact that he chose for me, he chose this life for me, he chose for me to continue this path, whatever it is, I don't want to waste it, and I want to give glory to him. Days are hard. There are days that are really hard. There are days that are really great. And you can be happy and sad all at the same time, I found, mm, which mm. is um, kind of crazy. But I don't want to waste what God has planned for me. Mm. Lauren, when you think about where you sit today, the story's still being written, your journey isn't over. How do you want God to use you in this? Season. We look at Paul and go, man, God used Paul to tell us a story that I'm sure Paul would have gone, yeah, I'd have loved to have told you without walking through all this. I could have told you from a good seat, not a bad seat. What do you want God to do in you through this? Use everything for his glory. Um, I think that, uh, I know that as Christians, when we accept Christ into our life, in that we are saying, I am living for him. I'm no longer living for me. Um, and so what that looks for me as a Christian is my pain isn't my own. You know, I, I, I can turn towards all the questions all day long and there's plenty of them. Um, and I can stay in the, you know, anger, the resentment, the bitterness, the sadness. And I visit those places sometimes, um, but I can also turn towards the eyes of God and say, this is the life that you chose for me. This is the life that you chose for my children. Um, and we are going to honor you through that. My children will see me praise God's name, even when we're crying and we're missing their dad. Um, and because he is that good and he provides the ability and he sustains us to be able to do that in the darkest of times. Final question for you guys. What does being thankful mean now to you that it didn't mean two years ago? You both loved the Lord two years ago. You both were in church. Wrong one. But anyways, you were, you were in church. Two, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you about it later. But anyways, two years ago, I, I, know, I notice everything. Y'all go, Michael never know when I'm out. Oh, I do. I do. Trust me. What do you know about thankfulness now that you didn't know two years ago? I think for me, it's being thankful every day and just not taking things for granted. Don't, don't take people for granted. Don't take the moments for granted. Um, 
my late husband, Matt, used to journal. And in his journals, I found he said, Lord, I expect great things from you today. And in the beginning, I said those things every day. Lord, I expect great. I, didn't, I don't know that I believed it because it was they were, they were dark days. Now, I truly, truly believe and accept, I expect great things today. And I'm so thankful that he is giving me this this life to live and whatever that means. But I'm thankful in everyday moments that maybe before I just assumed we're going to be there. Um, I think that true uh, gratitude, despite our circumstances that we're in, um, really hinges on our ability to accept God's will over our own. Mm. Um, And what I mean by that is when I am able to turn towards full acceptance of the story that he wrote for me and for my children, um, I'm able to let go of everything else. Um, I am able to turn my eyes towards him and him alone. And um, I mean, you know, we talk about doing gratitude lists and they're wonderful, they're great. And I have my kids do them and I've done them before. In storms, a gratitude list, sometimes that's not gonna cut it for me. but when I look to the Lord, the Lord alone, the peace that he provides and the gratefulness that he gives, the look, as a Christian, of course, we're grateful for eternity. But when you've gone through loss, that gratitude is so much deeper and so much different to say, thank you, God, that you sent your one and only son so that my husband now is with you in heaven and I will be with you again in heaven. The, it's just a deeper, different perspective, I think. Jump right with us. There's some of you, you didn't know why you were here today. You just knew you had to be here. And you say, I'm in that season. I'm in that moment. I'm feeling everything they're sharing. I'm going to ask you to do something gutsy healing begins with turning if that's you here today would you just stand up in any of our rooms nobody's looking nobody's gonna bother you but you're like I am in it I am feeling it just stand up right where you are I promise you ain't alone I promise you and I may not I don't even know what your story is but the Lord does Beverly would you mind praying over the people in this room. Dear Jesus, we just come to you this morning, Lord. I'm just so grateful for this community, for um, Mike and the leadership here. I'm so thankful for all that have poured into my life, Lord. I pray for the people here um, who are hurting, and I pray that they just look to you, and I pray that they know that there is goodness in the land of the living. And that they can just look to you. Um, It doesn't mean that our days are easy and that they're pain-free, but it gives us hope, Lord. And I pray that they cling to you. And I pray that that today that they leave here and knowing that you um, are the ultimate, ultimate healer of their hearts Mm -hmm. and will be with them. We'll be with them each day, Lord. They just have to look to you and not lose sight. Lord, thank you again for this day and thank you for this opportunity. And we love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Would you guys join me today and thank Beverly and Lauren for sharing their stories with us?